0: All right, well, good morning. good morning. My name is Stuart Mazell. I'm the pastor here. It's great to uh, see all of you here, and thank you for all of you who are joining us online. Uh, we are continuing in our series on identity. And we've been talking about identity for a few weeks. We'll probably continue to talk about it for a few more weeks. Let me give you an overview of where we've been, just in case you're new or in case you just need a reminder. Uh, We've seen that God defines who we are because He's the one who created us. Because God is the creator, He gets to say, this is who you are. And His grace shapes us. No matter what our past may have been, no matter what path we may have gone on, no matter what uh, problems we may have had in our lives, as we come to God, His grace in Christ can shape us anew. We've also seen that we were created in the image of God, and that means we have significant dignity and worth because we are in the image of God. But we've also seen that because we are the image of God, uh, we are creatures of humility and we are to act accordingly. And then last week, we talked more about what it means for our identity as a Christian, and that's what we're going to be doing for the next several weeks. Now, I recognize that in, in a group like this, or putting this online, there are going to be people who are not believers. And you may say, well, this isn't for me, because you know, I'm not a believer, so why would I listen to what it means to be a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ? Well, like I said last week, I would say, don't, don't shut us out. Don't, don't stop listening. I hope that you're able to see some of the beauty of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that that beauty would draw you to him today. Well, we're going to be looking today at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you'd like to follow along in your own Bible, it's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. If you want to read it on the screen, feel free to do that. Here is the Word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would this be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let me pray for us. Lord, we're thankful, thankful for your word. It is good news to us. And so today, would you allow that good news not only to penetrate our hearts and our minds, but allow us to believe it. Work in us that we would truly believe what you say and put that into our practice, put that into the way we think about ourselves and one another. Cause us to really have true faith that we would believe what you say about us. And even those here today who or are listening online who are not yet believers, would you work in them to bring them to yourself? That they too would enjoy being a part of the body of Christ. Help us uh, to love one another well and to encourage one another, uh, even in this sermon that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today's sermon concerns a metaphor. And uh, I I realize that when we're talking about metaphors, you might think that you're in English class. You know, those of you who have remember or maybe you're still going through your English class days where they tell you the difference between a metaphor and a simile, right? A metaphor is a figure of speech that describes something in a certain way that helps explain the idea or make it a comparison. For example, he was a lame duck, right? What we're saying is not that the person really is a lame duck or even a duck, for that matter. What we're saying is, this is a politician who is on his way out, and he doesn't really have that influence anymore. And we all sort of understand, okay, that's a metaphor. A, a simile, however, is distinct in that it uses a comparison with like or as. Yeah, I see your eyes rolling back there. You, you, you like, is this an English class? So, So here, His face shone like the sun, that's a simile, right? His face was the sun, metaphor. Everybody on the same page? So you might say that metaphors are like simile, aren't like similes, metaphors are similes. That's a little nerd joke for you, you'll you'll get it after a bit. All right, speaking of nerd jokes, okay. Have you heard the really, about the really convoluted metaphor about poorly constructed bridges? You heard that one? It's hard to get across. All right, you didn't like that one. What about this one? What do you call a really long metaphor? A meta five? Is this thing on? Okay. When is a two literally a six? When it's metaphor. Come on, you ought to be catching on by now. All right, I'm I'm gonna give you this one. Knock, knock. Metaphors. Metaphors. Metaphors be with you. Okay, so all of that, just, just being silly, but the point is we're gonna talk about a metaphor, a very significant metaphor that we need to recognize in this passage, and the metaphor is this, as Christians, we are the body of Christ. As Christians, we are the body of Christ. Now, this is a metaphor because literally, we are not his fingers. Literally, we are not, I mean, Jesus still has his body, right? It's up in heaven. It's a resurrected body, glorious and wonderful in all ways. So we don't literally become His body, but we are His body because of something special, something powerful, something amazing that happens when we come into the body of Christ, when we come into the faith. We are created anew, and we are made to be His body here on earth. And that's what this passage says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Paul writes, For just as the body, and he's talking about a human body here, is one, not two, one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ." For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the one Spirit. So what Paul is saying in this passage is, is look, we may all have different backgrounds. We may have come from different places. We may think differently. We may look differently. We may dress differently. All these things may be different, but once you are in Christ, you are no longer just many. You are one. One body. And if you miss that point, he goes back to it again at the end of this section that we read in verse 27. Now you, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That's that's who you are, Christian. So let me ask you this question. Do you think of yourself this way? Do do you really, do you wake up in the morning and you say, you know what? I am a part of someone else's body. I know that's a weird way to put it, but that's what, it's the same, right? that you are not just yourself. You are not an individual by yourself. You are something bigger than that. You are a part of the body of Christ. And not just when we gather on a Sunday morning like this, but every day of your life, every moment of your life, you, as a Christian, you're the body of Christ. You are a part of His body if people are going to look at something on earth and say, that's what Jesus is like, it should be us. Because we are his body. That's what Paul's getting at in this passage. Now, we need to talk about this because we are not merely individuals. This is another point for us to remember. We are not merely individuals we are a connected and collective community in christ we are not merely individuals and i'm going to hammer this home for a few moments so bear with me we are a connected and collective community in christ and this is a hard point for us sorry i got a little dry throat today this is a hard point for us because we're americans now Okay, some of you know that I I say some pretty hard things about America and Americans. I'm not anti-American, okay? I can sing, I'm proud to be an American, with anybody. I can do that, okay? But I hope that every one of us can admit that living in any country, whether it's America or any other country in the entire world, that there are both positives and negatives about being a part of that culture. I hope that every one of us can understand that. And if we look at America and we step back and say, what is it that kind of is the center of America? We would probably say freedom, but we'd also say individualism. We are a, we are quite the individualistic culture, right? Think about what we value. We value autonomy. We value independence. We value self-sufficiency. We value uniqueness, right? Every one of us, in some way, fashion, or form, we value those things. Being dependent upon others, that's for sissies. Okay, we would rather be self-reliant. We tend to lean in the direction of, of seeing any rights seeing my rights as an individual as more important than the rights of the people as a whole. Don't we? I mean, if there is my right comes up against other people's rights, where do we normally land? (laughs) We have a tendency to identify ourselves in terms of who we are as individuals and not in relationship to others. You ever notice that? When I go up to introduce myself to someone, I do not say, I'm sorry, I, say, I tend to say, hi, I'm Stuart Mazzell, I'm a pastor. Maybe I would say I'm a musician. I like to play guitar. Um, I'm an avid reader. I like to watch movies. All those things are things that I can do by myself. They're a part of who I am as an individual. I don't often go up to someone and say, Hi, my name is Stuart, and I'm married to my beautiful wife, Donna. And I have three awesome children, Aaron, Caitlin, and Micah, and I work with some amazing people in my job, Paul and Cheryl and Nathan and Michelle. See, you see the difference between those two? One is I'm focusing on what I do as an individual. The other is my relationships. Think about this. Food for thought. When was the last time you met someone and they introduced themselves with, first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus. First and foremost, I belong to Christ. First and foremost, I believe in Jesus. That that, that relationship, That's the most important relationship that we have. And yet, we don't talk about that first and foremost, because the culture we live in is a very independent culture. We don't define ourselves by our relationships often. We typically define ourselves by ourselves. (laughs) Kendra Sherry, Cherry, not Sherry, Kendra, I can't say it, Kendra Cherry, 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 Cherry Coke, Kendra Cherry says in an article entitled Individualistic Cultures and Behavior, this is the quote, "In individualistic cultures, people are considered good if they are strong, self-reliant, assertive, and independent. This contrasts with collectivist cultures where characteristics like being self-sacrificing, dependable, generous, and helpful to others are of greater importance. Now hear me out. I'm not saying that America is all the first and none of the second. I think we're a mix. But if you have to, if you have to lean somewhere, we tend to lean more in the individual side. Whereas other cultures, suppose, for example, like China, they would be more of a collectivist place where they think more about the culture and the society rather than the individual. Now, is one wrong or the other right? Not necessarily, but we do have to recognize the culture that we live in because it will influence the way we think we're following Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you get where I'm I'm going? Because if we're thinking only as individuals, then we're missing something huge that the Scriptures point out over and over again, but especially in this passage, we are not just one person following Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We are a community. We are a collective. We are together. As Paul writes in this passage, Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. We're not just one person. Imagine what the church would be like if we were all stewards. It would be horrific. And I'm steward. I would know. I would hate to have to live with me. Okay? Okay. We're not just one person, we're not just one member, we are many. Verse 19, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And then in verse 27, now you, that's a plural you, that's like saying y'all in southern. Now y'all are the body of Christ and individually members of it. See. We remain individuals and we don't stop being individuals. This is not like the Borg Collective from Star Trek, okay? We're not talking about a cult where everybody is brainwashed to act and speak and dress the same way. Now, what we're talking about is we're still individuals, but we are more than just individuals. We Don't lose our individuality and our uniqueness. We remain unique individuals, but we are connected to something bigger, something grander than ourselves. And we live in the light of that reality. You are more than just an individual. You are united to Jesus if you're a Christian. And therefore, you are part of His body. Just think about what, how Paul spells this out in verses 17 and 18. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would, this, where would be the sense of hearing? If I was writing this, I would say, if the whole body were an eye, that would be scary. You know, giant eyes just floating around everywhere? That would be scary. But that's not the way God made the body. God made the body where an eye is a part of the body, but He's not the eye isn't the whole. There's also an ear that hears. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. As He chose. Okay. Hey, do, do you get that? As He chose. You think, well, I joined Westminster Presbyterian Church because I wanted to be a part of this church. Well, yeah, but behind that was God choosing. I need you to be a part of this group. I need you to be a part of this group. You should be a part of this group. He chose you to be a part of his body. And that means we're connected. We have a collective reason for being. It's not just all about me. It's not just all about you as an individual. It's a collective. We're together. This is the way America should be, right? E pluribus unum, right? The whole idea that out of the many, there's one. We're We're 50 different states, and yet we're one nation under God. That's the way we're designed to be as a nation. And yet we don't live that way often because we get so wrapped up in me, what I want. And it's the same in the church. We are a community that does not only think about our own individual needs, but we also think about one another. And the reason we think about one another is not just because we're connected to Jesus. And Jesus says, well, you should be concerned about each other. There's a deeper reason than even that. See, we belong to Christ and to one another. We belong to Christ and to one another. Again, think about this metaphor that Paul is playing out here. He says, verse 14, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, well, that, wouldn't, that would not make it any less of the part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You know how many times... I hear people say, well, I just don't know where I fit in the church. Just don't know. Maybe I don't fit in the church. No, you fit because A, God placed you there. And B, because you belong to Christ, because you are part of His body, you also belong to the body. Right? My fingers are my fingers because they're part of my body. And my fingers belong to my toes as much as my toes belong to my fingers. And you, you belong to Christ, which means you also belong to one another. We cannot look at one another and say, you don't belong. Because you're not a part of the body of Christ. Because you don't have the same gifts that I have. Because you don't look like me. Because you don't act like me. We can't do that. We have to say, wait, is this person in Christ? Then they are part of the body. Now, are they acting like a part of the body? Or are they acting like a cancer? Well, that's a different story. But we first and foremost have to look at one another and say, is this person in Christ? Then they are part of the body. Let's treat them as such. And they belong to us, because they belong to Jesus. See, this is part of the good news, that Jesus didn't just come to save an individual. Isn't it good news that Jesus didn't come just to save one person? That he came to save a people. That in his life, death, and resurrection, he did not just come for Stuart Mazzell. No, he came for people all over the world people in this room, right? And and you get to be a part of that glorious body, that body that lives out that reality here on earth. And you know what that means? Do you know what that means, Christian? It means that each of us, each one of us has significance, Each one of us has honor. Each one of us has purpose as part of the body of Christ. You not only belong to Jesus, you not only belong to one another, you have significance as part of the body of Christ. You have honor as part of the body of Christ. You have purpose as part of the body of Christ. That's what this passage is saying. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Think about how foolish that would be. You wake up in the morning and you're looking in the mirror and you know what? I just, I just don't want my hand anymore. That would be dumb, right? And in the same way we can't do that with one another, because we're part of the body, we belong to Christ, we belong to one another, we have significance. Significance. Each one of us, each one of us has an honor, each one of us has a purpose. We cannot say we don't need each other. Nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Now, I'm going to push this one a little bit. You know, the body, and Jesus is the head, and the head is saying, I have no need of you. Wait a second, Jesus doesn't have needs. That's that's true theology. And I would agree, yeah, Jesus doesn't need you in the way that he can't get something done apart from you, but he needs you. See the air quotes? Don't, Don't turn me into my presbytery. The air quotes are there for a purpose. He needs you in the way that he has designed the church to work this way. And if you don't do it, He'll have to raise up somebody else to do it. But he designed it for you to have that purpose. You hear what I'm saying? And then some people think, well, you know, okay, but but Stuart, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm not somebody who can get up in front of people and talk and lead a small group or whatever. I just can't do that. You know what? That is not. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. That is not. The main thing. It's important. It has its place. But the main thing is the body of Christ. Do you hear me? The main thing is that we're connected to Jesus. And he has a purpose for each one of us. So much so that he even honors those who seem to be weaker. Who seem not to have the the showy gifts. As he says in verses 22 and following. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are... Do you see what that word is there? Can you say it? What is it? Indispensable. That is you, if you are in Christ. You are indispensable to the purposes of God because He has designed the body to be this way. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. You hear what he's saying? Even if if you think, well, I can't stand up in front of people and I can't preach and proclaim God's word the way you do. Well, you know what? You might have a greater honor. The honor of not getting the accolades after the service, but praying in the background. For the glory of God. That's indispensable. Serving in the nursery, okay? And you think, I'm just, you know, changing diapers and holding crying kids and that sort of thing, that's not really important to the church. Yet, yeah, it is. It's vitally important. It's indispensable. Serving as a, a deacon, oh, you know, we have to clean up afterwards and turn the lights off in the church building and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what dignity and honor is that? There's great dignity and honor in that because God says there is. Okay? So, even though we may, they may seem to be weaker positions, they're indispensable, even though it may seem like they are less honorable. God has bestowed greater honor. As as he says in this passage, God so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Uh, Same care. What I wouldn't give to have Westminster Presbyterian Church to be the kind of church that you give the same care to every single person in this body that you do to me. You care greatly for me. I mean, you, you've done many, many things for me and my family over the years. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if we just treated every single person that way? That's part of the design of the body. That that's the way we treat one another. As Paul goes on in verse 26, So that if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored all rejoice together. Wouldn't it be amazing if we all gathered together one day and somebody says, oh, you know, I have cancer, and we're all sad, and we weep over that, and we, and we care for that person, and then another person says, hey, you know, my cancer is, is healed, and now I don't have it anymore, and we rejoice with that person, and the person who has cancer is able to rejoice with the person who says their cancer is healed, and the person whose cancer is healed can look at the person who still has cancer, and they can be sad about that. You hear what I'm saying? This is important stuff here, that that's what the body is about. When my toe hurts, it affects the entire body, right? You ever have that? You know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, gotta go to the bathroom or something. And the lights are all off and you're stumbling around and then you hit your toe up against something. Do you go, oh well that's not important, it's just a toe. Anybody ever say that? No. No, you go, ow, that hurt. And and your whole body reacts to that. It's not just a toe that goes, ooh, that was painful. You know? No, it's the whole body that reacts. Because of this principle, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You see, to drive this point home, because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us is significant. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us is indispensable. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us has honor Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us has purpose. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us has something to offer. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us has a part to play. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us belong to Jesus, and we belong to one another. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us has the ability to connect with one another. And because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us rejoices together, suffers together, cares for each other. Together. and I can't leave this one out. Because we are the body of Christ, each and every one of us shares in His glory, wonder, and power because we're united to Him as our head. Hallelujah for that. That should be enough to get Presbyterians to raise the roof. Just saying. All right. Now, I know the way we tend to think. And we either tend to think as individuals, or if we don't think of individual like just me, we tend to think of our group. So if you've listened to the sermon so far, you probably just thought about our church, and that's good. I'm I'm glad that you're doing that, but I I want you to think bigger. Here's, Here's something that you may not know. During the pandemic, Burger King did something unthinkable. No, they didn't come out with a monstrosity like a a cheesy Whopperito Supreme or something like Taco Bell would do. No, they didn't do that. What they did was they encouraged people to go to other fast food restaurants. Here's their statement. This is from Burger King. Okay, Order from McDonald's. We never thought we would ask you to do this, just as we never imagined we would ask you to order from KFC or Subway, Five Guys, Taco Bell, and other independent food outlets, too numerous to mention here. But in short, order from any of our sister food chains Restaurants employing thousands of staff really need your support at the moment. So if you want to help, keep treating yourself to tasty meals through home delivery, takeaway, or drive-through. Getting a Whopper is always best. But ordering a Big Mac is also not such a bad thing. Wow. When I read that, I thought, that's a picture of what the church should look like. That's a picture of what the church should look like. Over the years, Westminster has had our share of people who have joined us from other churches and left us for other churches. And let's be honest. When they come, we rejoice. And when they leave, we're sad. but it is important for us to recognize that they're not leaving the body if they're going to another church. They're not leaving the body. They're leaving this part of the body, but they are not leaving the body. And maybe it's because God wanted them as he chose, he, he directs people. Maybe he brought them into a certain place for his purposes, for that church's good. And maybe they bring people to us because we need them. Now, again, I'm not saying it's not sad when we see people go, and it's not happy when we see people come, but we've got to get out of the mentality of it's just our church. The church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, is not just Westminster. It is His church all over the world. And that means that we can rejoice when another church is growing. We can rejoice when we see missionaries going out from other churches. We can rejoice when we see the other churches building new buildings And we say, wow, they're doing really great. We can rejoice over that. And we can also mourn when we see churches fall. When we see churches close. When we see pastors leave. And the church is scrambling. It's a hard one. But it's what the Scriptures tell us. That we... Not just Westminster, but we, the church. We all are the body of Christ. And when one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member uh, is honored, we all rejoice. All right. Having said that, here's your action points. I know some of you love these, some of you hate them. Hey, just take and pick what you want from this. But the action points for today, from what we've just said, remind yourself regularly of your position in the body of Christ. Remind yourself regularly of your position in the body of Christ. Every single one of us, if we are a believer in Christ, we have a position, we have a part to play. If you don't know what that part is, pray about it. Ask other members in the body, what do you see that I'm good at? What do you see that I could do? Where where is a place where I can serve? Right? What do you think God has designed me to do? Because God put me in this body, this particular group, for a reason. So what is it that I need to do? If you don't know. And if you do know, don't hold back. We need you. You're indispensable, as the scriptures say. And then, along with that, actively engage in body life. Okay? Actively, if you really are the body of Christ, actively engage in that. Live that out. Don't isolate yourself from the body of Christ. That's like death and dismemberment. You hear what I'm saying there? Don't rob yourself of what you would gain by being a part of the body. And also, don't rob us (laughs) of what we would gain by you participating. You know, one of the best ways you can do this is by being involved in a life group. So so here's here's the push. If you are not involved in a life group in this church, as a member, or at least some small group where you're with people and you have that kind of camaraderie and connection and connectivity, if things aren't going well for you and, and you feel like you're disconnected from the church, well, whose fault is that? engage, connect, actively engage in body life. And, and if you are a, a life group member or a small group member and you're kind of like, you know, sporadic in your attendance, hey, things aren't going well, again, whose fault is that? Well, engage. And if this life group isn't doing it for you, go to another one. We're not going to be hurt by that. Well, maybe a little bit, but we're not going to be too hurt. Because again, this is the body of Christ. We're here for each other. I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll tell it really quickly again. Um, some of you know that uh, my dad spent about 10 or more years out of the church. Um, he, he never really told us why. And we would talk to him, and he would just, in, in my dad's way, he was just trying to be a funny guy. He would just, he would blow it off. And he would say, well, you know, I'm spending time with Christians right here. That's, that's what he would say, stuff like that. And there's one particular time where he said that because I mentioned, well, you know, Dad, what do you think about Hebrews chapter 10 that says not to neglect meeting with one another? And, and he said, well, I'm meeting with you, aren't I? That was my dad. And you, get, you wonder where I got it from, yeah. Um, I started crying. I said, Dad, this isn't a joke. This this is, I mean, I'm not joking about this. This isn't a funny moment. I'm really concerned about you. And I'm concerned about what the church is missing because you're not involved. A few months later, my sister tells me that my dad has started attending church again. And he, and she says that he credits it to that conversation because he had never thought about it. He had always thought about it. Well, I, I know Jesus, I'm good. I don't, I don't need every, anything else. Now, I think that's a wrong way of thinking, but that's the way he was thinking. But where the, the rubber hit the road for him was when he thought, what might the church be missing if I'm not there? What might God have gifted me with that if I'm not involved, the church might not have what they need. Plant that out to you as a seed that I hope grows in your heart. Don't miss out on what you can receive from the church and what you also can give to the church. Because we are the body and individually members of it. So, Let's live out of this reality, the reality of being the body of Christ. And let me pray for you guys that we'll be able to do this. Jesus, thank you for your life, death, and resurrection. Thank you for being our head. And that all life flows from you. Help us as the church. To live out of this reality that we are your body here on earth, that we are your hands and feet, we are your ears and your, your uh, eyes and your mouthpiece here on earth and give us greater clarity as to our significance and our place and our purpose in your church and help us to engage with one another and with others outside of the church in a way that demonstrates that we really aren't just individuals, but we are a community, a community that cares and loves for one another. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We're happy with those who are happy because you have made us one in Christ. Help us to do this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.